What's going on, everybody? It's Jake and Sean back with another episode of the Jets Way podcast. And today we have a very special guest. We have El Jefe, the president of NYSF, the magazine, Jason Copel. What's going on, Jay? What's up, Jake? Happy to, ha- happy to uh, be here. Psyched you guys have me on. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's quite the honor, man, to have a real celebrity. You're the first relevant guest we have on the show. It's uh, about a month old. Hardly. So. Hardly celebrity. <laughs> yeah. Now, Sean, do, are, you, yeah, are you familiar with Jay's content at all? Or? Uh, yeah, I follow him on Twitter, the uh, NYSF Mag Twitter. Nice yeah, to meet you. This guy's like a mag. This guy's like a celebrity, man. Like for Jets fans, yeah. <laughs> like we, we're gonna get into it all. But let me tell you something, Jay. Uh, you, you know, there's there's two people, there's two Jets fans that I really look to in dark times. It's Joe Beningo on Monday mornings, and then Jay, because I know that Jay's not gonna settle for a lot a lot of the nonsense that goes on with this fan base. So uh, let's get into it, Jay. I, I want to talk about the new edition of the magazine. You know, just tell our listeners where we can find it, um, how how the magazine was born. Just we want to learn about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, going back on, on some of the things you were talking about, the magazine was actually born in 20, well, the start of the company was 2014 when we uh, did the whole campaign to get John Idzik fired. And, uh, you know, I, that was a successful campaign. Um, any way you want to look at it, we, and I don't really judge success by whether or not we had anything to do with him getting fired, but more so being able to put every, uh, all these fans together and have our opinions and voices be heard in ways that I don't think the Jets were prepared at that time to listen to because they do these focus groups and all these things that, you know, they get these uh, people who, who are uh, season ticket holders to come in VIPs, schmooze them around their building, meet players, get autographs. And then they want to sit down and talk about, Hey, you know, what are your gripes with the team? You're not going to get an honest answer from that crowd. You know, like your, your, your honest answer is going to come from town halls or from things like what we did and giving some feedback. And I don't, I'm not ashamed of that because they get a lot of money for their form of entertainment and product. And, uh, you know, and, and we feel it's all right to give them just as any restaurant or entertainment venue or anybody to, you know, there's no Yelp reviews for NFL ownership. Right. So that was our way of, of gathering everyone together and speaking up when the campaign was over. Um, I built a platform on social media that I liked and, and enjoyed using. Um, and so we kind of spun it off and, and did a Jets coverage website called NY Jets fans. The Jets had it, had it out for me. They obviously, I was not the number one fan in that building and, and they did not like that I was using their name in any way in anything. So they decided to threaten to sue me. And, uh, at that point we kind of changed everything around and became NYSF, put the magazine out there and, and that's where we're at. I did not know that. Yeah, me neither. I, cool. I really didn't. Yeah, you know, that's why we changed over from NYJF to NYSF. They claimed all kinds of ridiculous ownership rights over the NYJ because it was in the name. It was all ludicrous and nonsense. But what are you going to do, Jake? You're going to fight a billion do- multi-billion dollar organization when you're the little man? You're going to do what they say. Because just the, the cost yeah. of fighting it would have been, you know, been more than I was willing to absorb. And, you know, so it's just, you know, it is what it is. But I- I'm actually psyched that they did that. It was a blessing in disguise because now we're not stuck only covering the Jets. We can have some fun covering some other teams. Unfortunately, there's not too many teams in New York that are very fun to cover right now. So, you know, yeah. maybe we're the jinx. I don't know. But I'm looking forward to better days with all of our teams so we can have happy times covering them instead of always writing about all these ridiculous things between the Knicks and the Jets and the Mets and all these teams. So. I hope so, man. I hope so. Yeah. Do you guys have any um, events planned for uh, whenever the virus clears up? No, you know, usually we start get we we do a big charity event every year. Last year we did one when, uh, with Jamal Adams. Um, you know, that was a great a great thing that we did for uh, the uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters in Westchester County. The previous year we did another fundraiser for Big Brothers Big Sisters with uh, you know uh, with uh, Terrell Pryor and and uh, Lorenzo Malden and Elijah McGuire and some other guys. Fireman Ed was there. I mean, we've had some really cool events, but. Because of how crazy things are and, and all the crazy times out there, it's just really hard to plan anything. So, um, you know, I think that we're probably going to skip the charity event this year. We've been doing some online charity stuff, um, you know, with that NJ MMA company that we just launched, um, raising money for schools, MMA schools that are not open currently because of the pandemic. And, uh, you know, they're hurting. You know, it's hard for these small businesses to pay rent, keep things going while they're not allowed to have anybody in the gym. So, um, we're trying to help. There's a really cool uh, MMA scene in Jersey that, you know, a lot of the top fighters train at. So we decided to try and help them out. And now we're spon- that, that company is now sponsored by Eat Clean Bro. 
So going forward, we're not just going to give back to the uh, local MMA schools, but we're also going to give um, a portion of every sale of our T-shirts to the NJ Food Bank um, to help, you know, people eat in, in these struggling times and everything. So we're doing some cool things, man. But, you know, it's just unfortunate we haven't been able to plan anything with the Jet stuff. At least more stuff we can do from, you know, from our computers remotely. Now, Sean, he now actually I wrote for NYJF the magazine for a little bit. Uh, Jay, I don't know if you remember. This was a while ago. This was when Jamal was in that draft, and I think it was like twenty. I think it was like a sophomore in college or something like that. I needed something for a class, and I hit up Jay, and uh, he let me have a platform to really get started with journalism. Now I graduated with a journalism degree, so uh, that's thank you very much, Jay. Uh, you're more you're more still. clean cut nowadays, bro. What happened to the long hair? Long, <laughs> yeah, he remembers because from the bowling event with I was like I was telling Sean a while ago because remember how much fun Mo's bowling event used to be back in the day, man. That was the best, man. Mo Morrison was a good dude. Unfortunately, things didn't work out here, and it's hard, you know. Like you form relationships with these guys when you do some of this stuff, and some of the better guys have been some of the you know sadder stories or or uh, or worse players. Like you know, I went on on Christmas Day um, just really quickly. Um, I got this family reached out to me. Their kid was dying, or their, uh, it was her friend actually was dying of cancer, was in uh, Sloan Kettering. And on Christmas, his, like he was really in bad shape. And his uh, last, like one of his last dying wishes was to, you know, he's a huge Jet fan. He wanted, to, you know, his name was Aiden. And he wanted to meet, one, you know, some Jets players or meet a Jets player. And I reached out to a bunch of the guys that I knew. And within minutes, Calvin Pryor got back to me. And he's like, dude, I'll go to that hospital room on Christmas and we'll visit him and give him some stuff. And, I went with Calvin Pryor, and, and that was probably, of all the things that I've done out of all this stuff, I mean, you know, that was definitely the, the coolest day. He, he uh, put a smile on that kid's face, man, and, and gave him, like, practice gloves and was, like, you know, showing, like, gave him a ball and was showing and gave him all these autographs. And the kid, like, the mom told me afterwards that the kid hadn't eaten in a while, like, right before Calvin came, he was eating and, and, and all this stuff. And then, unfortunately, like, two weeks later, he died. And it was, you know, it was, it was tough. But that kind of stuff, man, being able to do that kind of stuff and, and uh, you know, talking to people who, who have written for us and used it in any way to help, you know, get them advancing them in, in, you know, in anything. It, uh, Greg Stangle, we call him intern, you know, he, he, uh, he was able to put that on, you know, NYJF on his resume and, and it helped him get his first job. And, and those are, you know, our video guy, Andrew Richmond, similar stories. So, I mean, those, those stories, that's what makes doing all this worth it. You know, we're not making millions off the stuff. We're just, uh, you know, it's a hobby and it's fun. And as you see behind me, I mean, we've gotten quite a few issues out, so it's been pretty cool. Yeah, that that wall's like a jinx, man. I think everyone's still on the on the team. I'm looking at uh, who is that over there? Dude, wow, dude, if you saw all my Jets memorabilia, it's all a jinx. Except that, you know, if you if you really look, I mean, you know, there's still we didn't jinx Jamal yet. I mean, you know, we didn't jinx Sam yet. Or Jamal, Robbie's gone, you know, but yeah, Quincy and Malden, and you know, I, I don't know. It's it's a tough wall. I love that interview, Quincy. By the way, we we talked about it on the show a while ago. Uh, couple weeks back with Quincy you did it with Kevin Serkin yeah yep yeah. but uh Sean do you remember that name Calvin Fryer <laughs> the whole yeah, sadness man. but he was a good dude yeah he was uh, I got uh, anyway time. Jay I just wanted to ask you which one which campaign did you have more fun with because for our listeners at home that didn't know Jay was behind the whole Adam Gase plane thing this year I don't know if anyone knew that but which one was better for you John Idzik or Adam Gase which <clears> one was more fun Okay, so I'll freely admit that the um, that the the John Idzik one was definitely, I would say, more fun. See, the thing about that, the, there's two major differences between the two. Besides the fact that one actually got fired and one didn't, um, the the John Idzik stuff kind of happened overnight. Like, I got home from that Bills game that day um, when Gino threw the three interceptions in the first quarter, and I I don't think like my it's amazing that I'm saying this now because I've been more disgusted with the team since. But at that point, I don't think I've ever been as disgusted with the team as I was that day, just from a million different reasons. You know, already anger about the stadium, the stadium atmosphere, the environment, you know, all that stuff, the cost of attending games. Um, you know, you combine all that stuff with the fact that the Jets had now, you know, been torn that, that AFC championship roster completely apart within a couple of years to the point where, you know, they look like that on the field. And then you hear John Idzik with his ridiculous press conference. I kind of like went into sports fan rant mode like that night. And you know how that is. You go on your podcast yeah. and want to get your, your opinion out. So I put a website up firejohnidzik.com, like literally in like 20 minutes. Like it just was a joke between me and my friends. I was like, I'm going to get this fucker fired. And uh, you know, and, and we put the site up and then I went on to, I think it was, um, 
uh, Jet Nation or one of those sites. It might have been Jet yeah. Nation. It might have been Jets Inside or one of them. And I put it on the message board. And then there was like the next morning, there was like 50 bucks in there. And I was laughing. And I was like, holy shit, people actually donate money to this. And then I got a phone call from Christian Dyer. And Dyer was like, uh, I saw on, the, on that message board you're doing this. Do you mind if I do an article about it? And I was laughing. I called my brother and everyone. I was like, I can't believe they're going to actually like do a story about this. Put it up. And then that night, Costello, I guess, saw, which is amazing because of how much beef I've had with Costello recently. Oh, we were going we to get into that. <laughs> but he saw, that, he saw Dyer's article and called me up immediately and was like, I'm going to make you a celebrity. That's what he said to me, amazingly enough. All this, all this crap and all this phony outrage that he had about what we did this year, which is why it's so amazing. I'm going to make you a celebrity. We're going to turn this into a huge story by the morning. Don't you worry. So he, he did an interview, and right before he hung up, he goes, he actually gave me the option. He goes, he goes Jason, listen. Uh, before I publish this article, are you sure you want me to do this? Because it's going to get crazy. And I was like, yeah, do it. And he's like, all right, I'm just warning you. Like, I, like I, I won't, if you tell me right now not to do the story, I won't do it. Dude, from the next day on, it was like for like two straight weeks, it was insanity. We couldn't even, we had to cut the, the uh, um, donations off at like $20,000 because I wasn't trying to like, you know, steal money from people. We, we had enough money to do all the stuff that we had to do. So we cut it off. And we'd actually donated some money, you know, to pediatric cancer research in, in the name of uh, Leah Still. And, and we got, we did the campaign and, you know, it was fun, but it got to the point where like that campaign was so crazy because like then all the New York media covered it and all were the front page of ESPN.com. And we were at the, the, the NFL uh, pregame show. One of them called us up and asked us if we wanted to be on at the halftime show, which I thought was crazy. And I was like, yeah. you know what? I'm not doing it. Cause I don't want my face all over the TV. I'm not trying to be a celebrity about this shit. So, um, we nixed that. And, uh, at the time, Manish Meadow wanted to do an article on it and I wouldn't give him an article. I wouldn't give him an exclusive because I hated his guts, which was even funnier. So like, you know, that we, we were having a lot of fun with it back then because, but you know, now this campaign with, with, uh, Adam Gase, <clears throat> that was not fun, man. I, and I even said afterwards, I'm not doing this stuff anymore because at the end of the day, man, like, I don't want to have to like root against the team, you know, like I don't, yeah. but, but the thing is like Adam Gase, it's so painfully obvious in my opinion. And I always say in my opinion, because I want to be wrong about these opinions. I, I want him to prove me wrong so that the Jets can be good again. So I can enjoy going to Jet games again. But in my opinion, you will never see an Adam Gase team win a Super Bowl. And so if, if, if you don't have a chance with the guy what is the point of keeping him around i don't understand it so you might as well cut cut your losses when you know that and move on and chris johnson chose not to do that it was obvious from the beginning he wasn't going to do that but then i had money that that was brought in um in order to use it on these things the jets again in their pettiness um i had a contract to put up a billboard with the money and the jets uh allegedly <laughs> because i don't have little proof of this but let's be honest uh what billboard company has a contract you you go to pay them and they say, don't pay me. I can't take this billboard. So obviously the jets stepped in, did something, threatened them with some, in some way, and I couldn't spend the money on a billboard. So I, I instead, and I, I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to bring it to their, to their front door, but instead I had to spend the money. So I rented a truck with billboards on it and we drove it around their facility for a day. That's and awesome. they didn't like that either. <laughs> they called the cops on it. So, you know, they, they carried it, man, you know? So it's like, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what, you know, I don't know what else to do. It wasn't fun. I was happy and relieved that it was over. Um, I'm rooting for Adam Gase this year. I hope I'm wrong. I don't think I am. I don't think that 98% of the Jets fan base is wrong either, but there's still some people that haven't seen enough of it. So I guess, you know, you're going to get another year of it. And I don't, but what I don't want to hear is this buffoon, Brian Costello, <laughs> pitching the fans that they better <laughs> be prepared to accept the 5-11, 6-10 10 season, and that'll be progress. Because I'm not, I'm done with that. You know, wow, that's a lot to digest. Yeah, hundred percent, I agree. Yeah. What are your thoughts on uh, Douglas's first off season? I liked it. I liked it. I'm not all negative, you know. I I, I think that he <laughs> uh, he did a lot of things that I that I wanted him to do that, and I and didn't do a lot of things that I wanted him to stay away from. I was not all for paying huge money to any one player. I really wanted him to address as many needs as he possibly could, and he did that. Um, you know, I think that. Uh, as far as how many things he was able to address, um, you know, there's a lot of factors in play as to why. He got Jordan Jenkins back for significantly cheaper than we thought that he would ever be able to do that. Same with Brian Poole. So then that, that money freed up where he could, you know, um, 
you know, go out and get some free agents. I like the draft. Um, I, I thought that the draft was, was very well executed from the start. He addressed the offensive line. I'm not going to get into whether we would be better off with Beckton or Werfs. I'm not a scout. I'm a fan. I'm going to trust the former offensive lineman that he might know something better than I, than I, would, than I do. I personally want a Werfs, but if he wants Beckton and, and, you know, and that's his choice, he's the GM. So, you know, he's, he, he puts his name on that, and I, I hope that works out. I like Mims. And just going through it, I liked a lot of the ideas behind a lot of the draft picks. I didn't really get going back up quarter, you know, taking a quarterback in the fourth round. I thought we had, you know, other positions of need. And, uh, you know, if, if I had to really nitpick and complain about anything, that would be one of them. But I think that overall, um, you know, he, he did a really good job this offseason. Yeah, for me, the – He still got money to spend. Oh, well, you know, yeah. they might be cash-strapped. Who knows? With everything our buddy Manish Mehta saying. I really hope not. Yeah, but – the one move that I really yeah, didn't like yeah. this offseason was George Fant, to be honest with you. I really don't awful. understand that one. Awful, that but you know what? One. Not so awful in that they can't get, get out of the deal after this year. So it's, it's not like they, he locked him up long-term awful. You know, like they, they, yeah, they got him for a year. And, you know, if anything, you could even – he addressed so much depth on the offensive line that I feel like um, at this point, even if – and it looks like they're bringing Brian Winters back, which is surprising to me. Oh, come um, Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, I, I think that if you – with Fant in there as well, you can never have too much depth. He's expensive depth, but you had the money, and it's not the end of the world. I, I didn't like the signing, though, at the time. I was very outspoken against it. But yeah. I, it's not so terrible now that they drafted a left tackle. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not as bad as it would have been otherwise. And, and we were big, and we really wanted Robbie Anderson back as well. Yeah. We thought, you know, Perryman, what's he proven yeah. in the league? So, at that I know price, you want Robbie then, back, you know, too. I don't, it's hard for me to understand – the logic in not trading the guy when you were when your season was already over and getting something for him, and then letting him get to free agency and not re-signing him at a reduced price. I don't understand it. What if you were that disinterested in re-signing him? Then why not get something for him? So yeah. that didn't make sense to me. Like I like it was the combination of the two that irked me so much. It wasn't so much that I think Robbie Anderson is like the best receiver in the league, but he's pretty damn good, you know, and he's proven he's pretty damn good. And so it's like. For for the price, but then again, you never know. Maybe he just wanted to to get back with rule and and took less or equal or or whatever, and was just that's where he would have preferred to have been. So it's uh it's it's tough to say, but you know it's funny. I, I maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm just gonna say it. You know it's fine. Um, you know I talk to his mom sometimes. We're friendly because I, I help him out, Robbie, at, at a camp down here that he runs in Florida. Right. And you know we've done some stuff with his mom and everything, and um. You know, she happened to say that, like, you never know. Like, he's only – he he signed a short-term deal there, so maybe he comes back one day. So, wow. he liked it here. He, wow. he was very happy here. So, it, it's not – he the door's not closed to return at some point. Who knows? But as it is right now, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll be the next Lavernius Coles that goes away for a couple of years and comes back. I love Coles. Although he's not so. as good. Yeah, he's, he's not as good as Coles, though. Let's yeah. Be <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, but, uh, Sean, there's one, que- there's one topic here I want to discuss that me and Sean disagree a lot about. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Jamal Adams, is he on top? Like, what are we doing with him? Are we trading him? Or let's see who you side with here, Jay. I'm curious. Well, it's tough at this point because, like, before the draft, if you could have gotten some kind of haul for him, then then you know it's something you have to consider. But I don't want to trade Jamal Adams. In a perfect world, you figure out a way to keep him. Only thing is, does he want to be here? It's hard to tell, man. You know, his his social media is very one day hot, one day cold with whether or not he wants to be here. It seems that he, he wants to get paid. We all know that. The question is, how reasonable is he going to be with his demands? Because this is how it is in baseball, too. Like, right, if you, look, you, you know how it is in baseball. Like, the first few years of your contract, you barely get paid anything. Then you get arbitration. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the way that, unfortunately, that's the business of, of the things. And the second that the owners give up that control and start pandering to a guy who wants a deal, you know, a, a brand new deal at – top of the line, you know, uh, rates early, then everyone's going to ask for it. Right. So, or, or these guys that are, you know, that, that, that have proven that they're worthy and the precedent hasn't really been set that that's, you know, what should happen. Now I understand that like um, in Carolina, they did that, you know, and, and uh, cause Christian McCaffrey and they, they, they extended him and, you know, but, but like Patrick Mahomes isn't getting, you know, extender right now. He just won the Super Bowl. He's the MVP. Like Deshaun Watson's not not doing that. And you know, and and what's his name? Uh, 
didn't Cleo Mack got traded, right? They, yeah. it, rather than give him mm-hmm. that extension after his That's third year. And, 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 so, and so did Aaron Donald, same exact situation. Like, the, so I don't know, man. I mean, if he's going to be a real, like, he doesn't have any leverage. You can't hold out anymore. So I don't really understand. Like, it, rather than taking the tactic he's taking, I, I just feel like if he said, listen, like, this happens in baseball. We've seen this, I've seen this a lot with the Mets. If you want the team to give up the control of those last couple of years, you have to be willing to give up something in return, which is instead of maybe $20 million a year that you might think you're worth, maybe you got to take 16 because they're giving you that money in advance, you know, and, and, and they're showing you that extension that you want. But at the same time, you can't have your cake and eat it too in any place in the world, right? Unless, unless like you have leverage, you, you don't have that ability to just say, give me, give me, give me, I'm giving nothing back. And so I love Jamal. I want him here, but you can't give Jamal like, like it depends what he's asking for. If he's asking for 16, 17 million, I say, just give it to him now. If he's asking for 22, 23 million, 25 million a year or some numbers that were floating around, like he wants to be paid, you know, almost like he's a, like, like a game changing, like, like a pass rusher or, you know, or, or even like a quarterback. That That's crazy to me. So, you know, he's not that. Yeah. I'm going to let Jamal's number one fan uh, chime in. Cause he agrees with a lot of that. Yeah, I pretty much agree with all that. If he's demanding something that's unrealistic, then definitely get the haul if you can. But if he's demanding something that's fairly reasonable, then I don't see why not. Dude, you got, a- eventually you got to get to a point where you're drafting guys and having them around, some guys. We haven't had yeah. that in like forever. And that's a freaking problem. You, know? like you, you, you don't develop a culture. They keep talking culture, culture, culture. You can't develop a culture by having free agents and rookies cycling in and out of here every two or three years at every position it's no way to build a team you'll never be successful like that so you drafted him you want to keep him he's he's a he's the probably the best safety in the league right so like you don't like you you sign that guy and then you you know and and then you have one position already locked up as, as the best in the league right and you're good so i'm fine with that but i'm not fine with it at some absurd you know un never seen before level for safeties because he's just he he's a damn good player, but he's like the, he's been a damn good player for the last few years, making his six million dollars a year, and they're still not winning with him, and that's not his fault. Yeah. But it's not going to be any easier to win with him getting twenty four, you know. So like you, you gotta you gotta be realistic with. So the question is, if you trade him and you get let's say a first and a second round pick back for him, well yeah, you're getting the first and the second round pick back, but also you got to factor in the the difference in money. So a first round pick. If he makes six million and a second round pick makes two million, then that's eight million dollars combined. So now you have an extra sixteen million dollars in addition to those two players that will fill the slot of what Jamal Adams would be at twenty-four. So I mean, it's hard to if you're you know with as many holes as the Jets have um, to understand shredding the last two years of his deal and a third year of you know of, of control uh, that you could franchise tag him and just give him the money because he says so. Yeah. My question to both of you before we move on, say Dallas calls up and says Michael Gallup in a first-round pick, what's your answer? <laughs> Depends what he's asking for. I got to ask that on Twitter, right? Yeah. I mean, do you, I'll, I'll, ask that, I'll ask you a question in response to that question. Do you think Gallup is a number one wide receiver? Mm, like probably just receiver number one? Jets. Is he a bona fide number one receiver, though? Is he a pro bowler? I'd say a, no. A perennial pro bowler every year going forward. No, but if let's say they traded for – the 17th overall pick this year, we could have got that guy. It's not enough. A number one wide receiver or a safety? I mean, Sam needs some guys to throw the ball to. Jamal's proven. He does. Listen, He's proven. Dude, you and I are on the same page, Jake. We, they are painfully, painfully, painfully weak at wide receiver. So, like, you got to address that. I think that that would be, as far as I'm concerned, their number one need going into next offseason is to get, your, to get Sam a, a start. And I wanted that this offseason, to be honest, because the most important thing above all else, forget Jamal Adams, forget everything else, is developing Sam Darnold. If we, if we get, you know, if Sam doesn't develop the way we need him to and he doesn't turn into the guy we all think that he can be, we're all just, you know, shuffling deck chairs on a Titanic anyway because it, it'll be years, you know, it's like, where, where are you getting the next quarterback from, you know? So it's like, we, we got big problems, and I think that the number one thing right now is developing Sam, which is why I want to gaze the hell out of here and his little buddy Dewell, Dowell Loggins and, and, you know, and, and get a real – he has no quarterback coach. He has no help. He has no wide receivers. And then 
everyone's like, oh, Sam Darnold sucks. Josh Allen's better. That's ridiculous. <laughs> you're, you're literally setting the guy up for failure, and he's still somewhat producing. You know, like he, the, guy, the guy, it's not like he had a terrible year last year. So, yeah. you know, but, but I, I have no faith in, in Gase to get the most out of him, and I have no faith in, um, in, in the fact that they don't have a, a quarterback coach. I think it was great that they signed Joe Flacco, though. I'll tell you that. Happy about yeah. that. Yeah, we like that one for sure. Yeah, sure. All right. Sean, what did we discuss before you came on here? I actually yeah. alluded to this great poll that you ran. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the poll you have on Twitter that uh, if the Jets go 7-9 and nine or worse in 2020 with an offense ranked in the bottom 20 and no significant statistical improvement from Sam, would you either keep Sam, fire Gase, keep Gase, bring in a new QB, keep both for one more year, or move on from both? And keep Sam Firegaze got eighty six percent. Of course it did. I'm shocked that fourteen. I'm shocked that there was fourteen percent that that thought the other way. But I just feel like on Twitter there's going to be like Patriot fans and Adam Gase's family reading my reading my exactly. Tweets. Somebody's going to vote for the other side of it. But I mean, dude, like that was such an obvious. I was asking that question because I was curious how high it would be, not because I didn't know what the answer was. But there are people that will argue that like. No matter what, Adam Gase deserves a third year. And I, how could you say that going into the like? I don't understand what these people like. What do you? What does it take for people that be yeah. just at least a little bit open-minded to the fact that like not everything is all rainbows and and green, you know, green goggle, green Gatorade. Like it's okay to be a little critical. Like that's how that you have to demand a certain level of, uh, you know, of accountability from these guys because, you know. It, they're they're completely unchecked it's it's a hobby to a billionaire with his little sports team and he doesn't really do you think the johnsons really care Woody doesn't even care enough he's, no. he's out he's out in england <laughs> he gave it to his brother and his brother it was just you know hoping that the team would show up that day and holding nobody in accountable for his own statement you know so it's like it's ridiculous to me and we all care i i truly believe that the fans care more than the owner you know, I, I, I believe that the fans care more than Gase. Yeah. I, I believe I that agree. because because Gase is getting paid regardless, you know, and and these guys, the, the Johnsons, they don't like what what different like they're a bunch of dweebs, you know, they're like they're, <laughs> the guys are like, like you see Woody or Chris Johnson walk into a room. If they didn't have a, their billions of dollars, if they were regular nine to five guys that, that were bartenders at the local TGI Fridays or, you know, or, or accountants at some firm or something. Like nobody would care. They walk in like they're like they're hot shots because they have billions of dollars and they own the Jets. That's why they own the Jets, you know. And and that's they that's what they like about it. So I don't, I'm I have no problem speaking my mind on those guys. I, I I don't when I see them at at events when I see them at the stadium. It wasn't me talking to them. I don't I don't make chit chat with those guys. I don't like them. I love the team. I don't like the ownership. And I you know so that's why I do what I do. <laughs> yeah, Sean, tell them which one got one percent. Uh, which one got one percent? It was yeah. Keep Gase and bring in a new QB. <laughs> That's got to be yeah. Wyatt. <laughs> yeah, yeah Gase's burners. Let's, let's let Gase after after essentially after, who was brought here to uplift Sam Darnold and was the steward of Sam Darnold's failure so much so that you had to get rid of Sam Darnold before the end of his rookie contract and let's reward him with another quarterback to do that to after he just did that to Ryan Tannehill. That sounds like a fantastic plan. Any the one percent who voted for that should literally be. Bit. I wish that there was an immediate like, like almost like a trap door. I wish there was a bet. Like if you hit that button, you're immediately banned. I don't want to have your. I don't want your takes anymore. If if that's what you think. Dude, I can't. I listen. I've been saying a lot. Sean, who does he sound like a lot right now? It's literally yeah, everything he's been saying. <laughs> um, but Jay, actually, Sean, I just want to before we move on here. Uh, you know that video, Jay. Correct me if I'm wrong here. You know the video that came out this year that was in Jacksonville where it was Christopher Johnson who was talking to a fan, that little kid? Right. And then I reported that. Yeah, okay, great. I was going to ask you that where he said, hopefully the team Jake. actually shows up today. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just talking about before. Jake, can, can you imagine – like here's, that's where it started to go downhill with the Jets this year because they, I got a phone call that, like, at, like an hour after I posted that video. It was like from the, from the front office, and they are like, are you fucking serious, dude? And I was like, what did you want me to do? Did you want me – like – it's not my fault that Chris Johnson walked up to me with a hot camera in my hand, recording it, seeing that I was recording it, and said that. He's responsible for what he says, regardless of if he thinks he's talking to fans or the media. But can you imagine 
the one person he said that to happened to be me standing there with the camera. <laughs> he had no he had no clue who he was talking to. And you know what? I don't feel the I don't even feel even the li- the slightest bit bad about posting it. Because we the crazy thing is, I felt the same exact way. See that that, yeah. that was what was so ironic about the whole thing. Like like that that was the first time in my whole life I actually respected and related to, to the Johnsons. I respected the, where he was coming from. I was like, dude, you're right. But you don't get to hide from that comment. That's the truth. Like, I, we all hope they show up, but who's accountable and whose responsibility is it for the team to sh- actually just step off the bus and show up? If you can recognize that, but then you're going to double down on the guy and be brazen and be like, nah, we're bringing this guy back no matter what. Well, then it's on you. You're, you're, you're like, you obviously care more about you know, about your, the, the way that you're portrayed and, you know, and your stubborn, you know, stick to and praying that, you know, this is the year they put it together. Because, if, like, Jake, think about it this way, man. What happens if this team comes out and gets out to an 0-5 start? Like, I, I hope happen? you're coming out with another campaign. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> I don't think it'll be me. It'll have to be somebody else, man. I'm done with that crap. I don't want to do it anymore. We got to get maybe, like, Tyson on it or someone. No, he's not going to do that. He – Tyson and them didn't didn't like that I did it, man. To be honest, they were not uh, they were not a fan of the campaign. They didn't think it was necessary, and it was too early. And I respect that. Um, you know, Ty, Kevin also. You know, they they, they didn't like it. Um, I did. I, felt, I, <laughs> I you know, I su- I'll admit it. I supported the cause, and that was another uh, thing that really pissed me off too. Is that all the Jets beat writers were like, "Oh, spend your money on other things." Like, who are you to tell me how to spend my money? Yeah, that's an old story. Because the funny thing is, those are the same buffoons that were propping up the fire into campaign as if, as if it was the greatest thing ever and taking all the clicks and, and attention that came from it. So, you know, I don't like, I, it's very, those guys are so wishy-washy. They'll say whatever it is that, you know, be who's in the state, just like all the media in the country nowadays. I mean, unfortunately, you know, when you're watching the media, that's why fan stuff, I feel like podcasts, people walking around with their cameras, recording what's going on in the street, Instagram, Twitter, all these things, it's revolutionizing the way that, you know, that, that uh, you get your information because you don't have to rely on the stories being told by, about the facts as they perceive them from Fox and CNN and all these, all these different you know, people who are on one side or the other. You don't get facts anymore. You get opinions based on what happened. And you know, I think that it's important for, uh, you know, for fans to be able to record Christopher Johnson saying that and post it and, and record what's happening on the street. If something crazy is happening or, or anything like that, because that's our responsibility as, as citizens nowadays is to inform the public of what's actually happening instead of what the stories that you're being told. And, you know, it's a different time because 30, 20, 30 years ago, you know, you got all your information from the news. You had no clue, you know, uh, when I was growing up, what the score was of, of, a, of a, you know, out of market game until you watch sports center that night to find out, you know, and watch the highlights to find out what happened. I mean, everything's faster and, and you're getting your information and everything's so much faster nowadays. So, um, you know, that's why I, it's one of the things about, about our site that, that that's why I jumped on the opportunity to get it out there. I wanted again for ownership since they messed up again to, um, hear the voice of the fans. And I was happy to provide that platform. Yeah, definitely great stuff. Definitely much appreciated too. All right. What I do, man. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, just re- we're running out of time here, but just Jay, uh, let our listeners know how they can. D- I don't know. Did you ever do that, or how how can we download this? Because uh, obviously now with the virus, how can we go about getting copies? I know you're giving out to local businesses, but uh, how, how? Yeah, we're we not we're not doing that now. We have no hard copies because what we did this this week uh, this month actually was. Um, we're just trying to help local businesses. We do a lot of that stuff. We're not the terrible people that people try and portray us as. We try to do a lot of nice things. And for this, this month, um, we thought what would be a really cool way to give back to our advertisers and even to companies that have never advertised with us before, all they had to do is reach out. We put together a really professional, nice ad for them, and we included it in the digital issue. We didn't charge anybody any money. Um, you know, that was not, it was not about that. It was just about trying to help these small businesses and, and these local businesses um, get back on their feet and, and have another way to either, you know, post their menu or post, you know, when they're reopening or give any information to anybody. So, um, we got a ton of new advertisers this month in there and, and we hope that everybody goes out and enjoys the issue, reads it and supports the people who are, you know, who are inside of the magazine advertising because 
without these local small businesses that help us distribute and that help, you know, places that everybody goes to to get their morning coffee or to get their bagel or, 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 or their local newspaper, whatever it is, um, it's important those places stay in business. You know, that's, that's what makes America such a great place. And, and uh, you know, we're trying to do our part to help everybody out. So if you go onto our social media, you'll see links to, to the virtual issues also on our website at nysfmag.com. And again, totally free. All you got to do is just click on there. The virtual magazine, it pops up. You can scroll through the pages. And any feedback that people have that want to, uh, you know, tell us what they think of the magazine or tell us what they'd like to see in future issues or anything like that, um, they can always send some, co you know, comment through the website or, uh, or shoot me an email to uh, nysfmag at gmail.com. I'm always around. Yeah. Now, real quick for both of you, this whole report about Kyle Long, uh, just what did we not learn? from what, what happened last year, Sean, we were, we were talking about this earlier. It's like, I mean, first of all, who, it, who the report came from originally, Manish, I mean, he's losing all credibility if he even has a speck of that left. <laughs> so I, 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 don't believe I like Manish, but, but, you know, I, but he, he seems to have uh, ran into a little tough patch here these past two reports. Um, you know, would you take him? Don't need him. Wouldn't give him any money. I mean, it's it makes it doesn't really make very much sense. I don't. I, I feel about him the way I felt about Frank Gore, another signing I didn't really understand or respect. Um, I understand why. I understand the thought behind it, I suppose. But signing old guys, you know, besides Joe Flacco, who I there's a different reason for signing him. You know, I don't really understand bringing in guys for one year or for one final last. You know guess like art monk or you know those guys like we have you know like we, we we seem to always want to get the guys like you know for their last year for their walk-off tour and i don't really this team is not the team for that if you're if you think you know frank gore is going to be like a you know like like if you envision him in a fullback role like tone like a tony richardson and you feel like you're ready to compete for a championship and you think that he's like a missing piece and he'll bring that but like dude we're, let's be honest about what this team is this team will be lucky to win seven games this year i mean i, I really feel that way so um, you can do that without Frank Gore. And you might as well get a young player in here or get, you know, somebody younger. I, I would have preferred to see Bilal Powell have his walk-off tour here. He was here his whole career. Is that his door closed? Yeah. I remember last year you said it wasn't, and I remember the whole Jets beat said that it's not going to happen. And then – Because because your boy Jay actually does his research <laughs> and knows what he's talking about, whereas everybody else is just guessing. Now, if you want to know the real legit answer to that question – Bilal would very much love to be back in New York for his final year. He wants to play another year. Um, I don't want to give away too much information, but it's, it, it, it's not going to happen. I mean, it, there's, there are people in the building that want him, and there are other people in the building that don't. And, um, and I'm not sure exactly why that is the case. The guy's been nothing but a great player here. Um, or Sorry, I won't say great. He's been a very good, solid player here. He's been a great locker room presence. He's the one guy who's been here for, like, ever. He's been here since the Rex Ryan regime. So, like, you know, he's been here for a long time. And, you know, I just feel like if the, if, when you have a guy like that, he wants to be back for final year, and, and you could have gotten him back for basically a veteran minimum salary, and instead you gave that money to Frank Gore. I just – I don't understand it. But that's their choice, and it's – at the end of it, it's also not going to make or break the season, right? So I'm not going to freak yeah. out about it. And same with Kyle Long. If they wanted to bring him in, would it ruin the season? They wouldn't. They'd be bringing him in for depth. So, you know, at, at the right price, I suppose, what the hell? I mean, but no, I, the guy's retired. And on top of that, you got me to do something that I never do is talk about things that before they actually happen. Because I'm so used to this beat around here and all the, you know, the reports and everybody using the Jets for leverage and everybody saying that, oh, the Jets have interest. The Jets are interested in this guy. The yeah. Jets are going to sign this guy. Until I actually see it reported at this point, it's hard for me to even comment on it because, you know, it's like 95% like, like of the stuff that people say that any of those guys, Costello, Hughes, any of them, that they say, how often does it actually happen until it actually happens? So, You renewing the tickets this year? Are there going to be games? <laughs> no, well, assuming they are. There are. And, and, and allowed to be at the game? You think that they're going to allow fans in the stadium for sure? Uh, I don't no. think so. Yeah, why not? Maybe like half. Or Everything's less than so half up capacity. in the air. It's so hard to, to, to say. I mean, listen, if, <laughs> if the Jets are allowing fans into the stadium after all these months of being 
cooped up in my apartment on quarantine and, you know, freaking sitting here doing nothing. Am I going to, am I going to not go to opening day at, at MetLife stadium and watch Sam Darnold play and, and, you know, and, and hope for the best and cheer for the team like crazy as I always do. I mean, like I'll be there. Yeah, I'll be there, but let's, you know, we got a long way to go. I feel like before we get to that point, I mean, you know, let's start with getting like people back in restaurants first and then go from there. Plus I'm a little concerned about, um, you know, how much this coronavirus is going to spread with all these, uh, you know, outdoor protests and, and everything like that. Not that, um, you know, I'm against the protests cause I'm certainly not. I think that, uh, what everybody's doing is fantastic. I am concerned if, uh, if what all the scientists, said all this time why we needed to stay indoors why you know if that was all true and you know putting people in a stadium and all those people in a close proximity would be a, like a ticking time bomb if that's true we'll have that answer in two weeks and if you know or in a week you know figure a week from now and if not then uh i don't see any re any reason to keep stuff closed at that point right i mean if tens of thousands of people can march on the street in every major city in america and not have a huge outbreak of this virus, then I don't see how you can keep the economy shut down anymore. So, you know, people, I, I like, I think at that point it would just be, you know, if you have underlying conditions or if you have, you know, or, or if you're worried and concerned about, you know, that you're at high risk for any, anything, um, then you're not going to be able, unfortunately, to attend the, those events until we get some kind of, you know, cure or, or vaccine. But if, if not, then, you know, keeping stuff, everything closed is just, it's not feasible. You can't just do that forever. You could do it. You did it for as long as they did it, but you got eventually, and I don't think that's controversial to say, you know, I think that we'll have an answer if otherwise we're going to have a major setback in this stuff and you're going to see a lot of sick people in a week and a week and a half. So we'll yeah. see. I'm hoping for the best. I hope, I hope that, I hope the scientists were wrong. And I hope that, uh, you know, we'll be at opening day. It'd be fantastic. I'd love to be tailgating. Our final question for you, for both of you. What record does Adam Gase need to come back for another year? Ooh. Uh. <laughs> for you, when, well, I mean, what, will you what will you say, yeah, Adam Gase, I'm in for another year? <laughs> <I'm k> <laughs> I want to see a winning record. Is it, too, is it too much to expect a winning record? Uh, like, what coaches have done more with less. You know, they, it's, it, the roster is bad, but it's not – it's not so bad that you can't compete with it. You have Le'Veon Bell. You have, you know, you have Jamal Adams. You have Sam Darnold. You have some weapons. You some, you have a couple tight ends that are pretty good, damn good. You, you revamp the offensive line. You have what could be a top 10 defense and a really good defensive coordinator. So explain to me, other than Adam Gates, why do you think Bill Belichick can coach this team to nine and seven? Let me ask you that. I, I think Absolutely. a lot of guys. I think a lot of guys. I think last year they should have won nine and seven. Even with Darnold missing three games. Right. With that schedule, I agree. So, so like, give me a reason why he should get an excuse for going seven and nine, six and ten again. After Ask Costello what the excuse is going to be. Oh, he'll, he'll, <laughs> he's already laying the groundwork, dude. He's already laying the groundwork uh, because now it's because we had a tough schedule. As if no team's ever navigated through a tough schedule before. Oh, my God. The schedule. Yeah, it's like the whole division doesn't play the same teams. And the division got worse. Jake, do you remember when I, when when uh, do you remember the Buffalo game with Fireman Ed was when when his like first game back when he was, I was cranking up all those chants? I, I was there. Like, you were sitting in the section right behind me, dude. Yeah. I've never seen you that game. You yeah. Were like what the hell? When did you bring Fireman? I was like, dude, I don't even know what happened myself. He just got fired up. I think once we get rid of Adam Gase, we can bring him back. Oh no, he's like really back though. Adam, he's, uh, he's back. Yeah, I remember. See, that's that's, that's the one thing I got to give Gase props for. Gase brought him back. Gase asked him to come back, and he said, you know what? New coaches here asking me to come back, I'll come back. No way. That's what happens. I, he hates a, the fans, I thought. He loved Fireman Ed. Jesus. He wanted Fireman Ed back. Did you know he that, wanted... Sean? Yeah. Fireman Ed's like a really optimistic guy. He always has a positive outlook on the team and the season and stuff. Fireman Ed hated what I did with the Adam Gay stuff. So, I mean, really? you know, Ed's my boy. So, like, we, we had quite a few arguments about it, you know. I mean, not, not – to the point where we're, you know, in any way, our, where our relationship, our friendship or anything was fractured by it. But, um, you know, the, he gave me his peace of mind on it. Um, he put in his two cents and told me what an idiot he thought I was. And, you know, it's fine. I, look, we're all entitled to our opinion about any topic in life. And, uh, you know, doesn't make you right, doesn't make you wrong, but you're still entitled to your opinion. And 
my opinion, I feel like is backed by a lot of facts on Adam Gase. And uh, I, I, I think that any opinion to the contrary that, you know, isn't sold on exactly what Adam Gase is at this point after four years of being a head coach um, is going to get a fifth year of information. And then they, maybe they can figure it out after this year. And man, would I love to be wrong. I'll put, Jake, I already told him I'll put a billboard up. I, if, if he, if, if Adam Gase leads the Jets to the playoffs this year, on my own expense, I've said this on numerous platforms. I will put a billboard up that says, Adam Gase, I was wrong about you. Great job. Yeah. And I'll put my, I'll put my dumb face. <laughs> uh, that's how confident I'll apologize you are. To him publicly. I really will. That's awesome. Man. That's the, that's the good thing about Jay though, is that he always, he's a lot like us, Sean, where we said we it be on wrong. our, we want, we said it on our first show. Like you think we want to see the Jets go out there and lose this year. Like pay, take, pay all this money to go see games, all this money on jerseys, merchandise, and Teams, you no know, one's root and talk about a team that stinks. I mean, how, like, aren't you sick of talking about a team that stinks? It's horrible. Dude, that's one of the reasons why I'm so happy that the Jets made me stop exclusively covering them because it gets tiring, dude. Let me tell you something. Like, people look in there like, oh, that magazine must be so much fun. You get to do all this fun stuff and everything. It's like, dude, I'm a Jet fan. There's nothing worse after a terrible loss than going home and having to make videos and articles and posts and shit about it. I, it's hor- I want to cover wins. I'm a fan. I'm not Manish Mehta. I'm not Rich Samini where, where the losses might be better than the wins because it brings more negative attention and you can, you know, I, I'm not for that, man. I'm for, I want to see the team win. That's all I care about. That's yeah. it. I, I want to go back to a time when 2009, 2010, when you walked in that stadium, there was some juice and energy and you enjoyed watching football and they won some and they lost some, but they won more than they lost and they gave you hope and they gave you fun playoff wins and playoff games and road trips now it just sucks. You go on a road trip with this team, and the game is an afterthought. You got to get drunk as hell the night before, and <laughs> and and you know, and and go crazy in the hotel and tailgate like crazy. And the game, you you don't even want to watch it because they're getting their ass kicked up and down the field, and the opposing team fans are laughing at you. And that even happens inside a MetLife Stadium nowadays. You know, so like, I, I I'm sick of it, man. Yeah. Really. What are your it's thoughts on MetLife? What's up? What are your thoughts on MetLife, like, as a stadium? <laughs> Jake knows my thoughts in that awful place. It's horrible. It's one of the worst stadiums <laughs> in football. I go to a lot of stadiums. I've traveled this whole NFL. There's maybe 10 stadiums I haven't been to at this point. MetLife is among the worst. Buffalo Stadium is horrible, but Buffalo at least has a better atmosphere in their stadium. Like, there's crazy-ass fans there going crazy, and that place is loud. MetLife is – if you combine, like, how ugly the stadium is, the cost of attendance, and, like – you know, the vibe inside that stadium, even on, even during wins. I mean, there's games where, where it reaches that exciting level, that Buffalo game that I was just talking about that, that I saw Jake at. That was one of them, you know, um, New England in 2015. It, the crazy thing is you can, po- you, you can actually point out the couple games that were actually fun to attend because even some wins have been like, whatever. Dude, we, we literally did that last show. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, I mean... <laughs> It sucks. And then you pay all this money. And now I'm flying up from Florida and paying all this money. So and it's we, like, it, it's hard, man. Yeah, we both said we got to get our own stadium. It's not going to happen, though. Because the thing is, like, you know, at the end of the day, how do you, how do, you do that? You know, like all these people, unless you're going to give yeah. free PSLs to, uh, you know, to, to the people who already paid for them. Because, like, you're going to reset the PSLs at that point. You'll, you'll, every person who paid a PSL would tell you that's all. You know, it'd be like, I, paid, I thought I was going to get 30 years. I got what? 10, 12, 15. Well, that and was then, also my big question to you. Why, why should anyone buy season tickets? Like, be, be a salesman right now, Jay. Why should I buy, as someone that's a younger Jets fan, as both of us are, why should we invest in season tickets? To watch this? I think that being, <laughs> being a Jets season ticket holder is, has to be, I sympathize with them. I really do. It has to be a, a salesperson that's, that's job, that relies on <laughs> making sales, selling this team to fans. I don't know how you sell it. Like the cost of admission from the jets is more expensive than the cost of admission on the secondary market. Plus for any game, you never have to pay above face value nowadays for a game. You you can always get a ticket in the section for cheaper than what it costs to buy from the team. On top of which you, you are forced to pay for worthless preseason games, which jack up. So like, Let's just round it off and say you're paying $100 a game per ticket, and you have, now you've got 10 tickets instead of eight, right? Because you've got to get two preseason games. So you got 
instead of spending 800 spread across those eight weeks, you're actually spending 1,000 squeezed across those eight weeks, which actually bumps up the price of the tickets by 25%. So your face value, even though it says 100 on there, is actually really 125, right? Because take that, so, and forget about how much more expensive it is when your tickets are $300, you know what I mean? Or, or so like my family has five tickets that are $300 a piece. So it's $1,500. We make $3,000 a year, which is basically a tax for being a season ticket holder because we don't go to the preseason games. Or if we do, we go for like a quarter and we leave or whatever. It's, it's crap football. So, you know, what, what's the sale? I mean, the, the only advantage is that it gives you first crack at playoff tickets. And when the hell was our last home playoff game? It's like, what, what, what other perk do you get? You know, so you get Jets rewards points. And if you go to enough games and scan your card enough, you'll get, you know, DeBrickshaw Ferguson's used preseason jockstrap or something like, you know, and you got to, and you got to bid like 10 million Jets points for it. Or like somebody's like, you know, like uh, you'll get like Chaz Schillens mouth guard or something like that. Like who Chaz wants that? Shillings. I don't know who wants that crap. So I, I don't even dude. honestly, I don't even scan my Jets rewards. I don't do that crap. I don't take part of that program. Yeah, I, I get that some people do and enjoy it. It's just not for me. I don't care. I just want to go all I want out of this team. And as it was in Giant Stadium too, I don't want like concessions. I don't want like connect four games in the club. I don't want sushi. I don't want drum lines. I don't want any of that crap that they tack into the game. Just give me a team that wins. I just want to go sit in my seat, cheer for the team and leave. I do my drinking in the parking lot, eating in the parking lot. And that's how it used to be. We would go to games, and from 98 until 2010, 12 years there, prime 12 years there, there weren't very many times where the games were, were like in November, they were meaningless games. You went and you were entertained for 12 years. They made a lot of playoffs. They, they never won a Super Bowl, but they, you know, they, were, they were good enough to keep you very entertained. That's, to me, the bare minimum of what you should expect as a fan. And when it goes a decade without that, then there's a big problem. Well, Jay, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, greatly appreciated. Love having you on. Uh, hope to do it again soon, man. Absolutely. Thank you for right. your time, Take man. It easy. Stay safe and healthy, fellas. Yeah, you too. You too, man. It's a crazy world out there. Have a good night. Be good. Oh, Sean, that's, he's good guy. I, I like his takes. I do. He's, you know, the good thing about Jay is he's a fan like us. You know, it's he he doesn't really have an agenda to push. Exactly. And you see some of these Jets B-Riders, like we were talking about. It's a wild world out there. I kind of learned a lot from him, too. Yeah, for sure. Definitely learned a lot. I did not know that about – because remember, I don't know if you remember, though, he was NYJF rather than NYSF. I thought oh, he did that okay. – I thought he did that as, you know, kind of like a marketing thing to kind of get some more, you know, views and people sent around the product. So, yeah. wow, I can't believe the Jets were like that. Yeah, I mean that's just. Are they watching? Are they listening to us? <laughs> like, <laughs> which... oh man, that's crazy. I hope not. But uh, Sean, be safe, man. All right. It's uh, like I said, there's a lot going on in the world right now. Uh, you know, be safe, and it was great talking to you as always. You too, man. All right.